Welcome back to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Joey. Hey. Tom. Hi, Ross. And Mike. Hey. Thanks for joining me, everybody. I have a kind of a question or maybe a thought, something that's come up as we're finishing our, our time in my preschool. Spring is here. Thinking about new schools. And a lot of families are asking about kind of their their next steps going to kindergarten. And there's this worry of kind of what kindergarten and new schools will be like. And it kind of seems like the the bits I'm pulling out of it, there's this worry that kind of their child's just going to be thrown into the mix. That it's just they're going to have to go into the the larger group that is now just going to be kindergarten rather than where, like at our school, being really kind of individualized and, and recognizing who their children who their child are, is, will be. And um, I think that's kind of what, it got me thinking about this idea of kind of how we view education, and I think it's going to tangent into specifically motor development, but this one-size-fits-all kind of mentality that I feel like, and maybe and you feel jump in to see if I'm overgeneralizing too much, but it feels like that's kind of how education, maybe specifically elementary, getting into early childhood, but maybe just education in general, that we kind of have this at one size fits all. We're just going to teach this way. It'll cover everybody. Right. I always think of that as, you know, when we get away from learning objectives and think of them as teaching objectives, if we just teach, then the objective's done and it's up to yeah. the child to figure it out as opposed to what did the child learn from that? It made me think of something else. It made me think of how teaching is so much about making all kids the same right mm. instead of instead of actually individualizing the curriculum right and uh, you know necessarily the children will will go into those classrooms and they'll present differently and mm-hmm. they won't all they will all fight about being the same and they'll somehow i think they will do i think they will be able to fit in because i don't know yeah. about you but i'm thinking about my schooling mm-hmm. back in a long time before you guys <laughs> Um, my school experience wasn't so good, right? But we still, we were still able to make friendships and mm-hmm. play on the playground and find those liminal spaces where we could connect in our own way. Right. And I think, I think parents are a little too worried about uh, one size fits all, mm-hmm. and that might just feed into their general fears about how do I protect my child and right. how do I make sure uh-huh. my child gets the best that they can get right. and well I think I mean I think it's a I understand the parent fear of like oh that just could be uh, my child will just become a number or, or you know I mean just w- one of a crowd and, right. and their individual gifts and, and, and strengths as well as weaknesses won't be taken into account but I also and I, I actually don't I don't think that education can be one size fits all. I think most teachers wouldn't think that that's what they're doing. I mean, I can't, I, I know a lot of elementary school mm-hmm. teachers as well. And I just, I just don't think that that's what people are doing. It's what we're worried is happening. It's what we're worried with the right. uh-huh. expectation. is. And I think it's what you have to, I think it's what you have to kind of guard against as a teacher, right? That mm-hmm. it's going to, you know, it would be so much easier if they all did X when I said right. to do this or whatever right. it might be. But I think you have to, I think you have to really guard against that because it's, a, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. realistic. And, and sort of t- to what end? Because that, to go back to your point, Tom, that's not what's best for each child in the group to do something exactly the same. I, I think what what a parent really has license to worry about is whether their child will be able to develop a relationship with that teacher because of mm-hmm. personalities. 
Sure. And if right. they if they can't, what are the repercussions for that child? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that to me would be a um, a legitimate concern. Right. And I think the idea of one size fits all, when we've had our conversations here, it gets really hard when, or even when we've gone to do presentations about the topic of big body play, it isn't what one size, you know, like, you know, oh, um, you know, rough and tumble play is good. Kids like to wrestle. Well, not every kid. So you can't just go kind of run up and grab and tickle every kid and and think they're going to like it. There just, there isn't, there is no one prescription for teachers or educators to Right. But in a way, when we do those workshops, aren't we trying to remind teachers that one size doesn't fit all? Because some teachers are going with the premise that every kid should just sit and listen during a discussion. And and we're sort of saying, well, no, some kids have to move around. Right. So maybe, but then we have that fear that we uh, here in the room might fear then that they're going to go and try to do with everybody. Right. And it's like, no, there's still the quiet kid, and there's yeah. still the kid who's... Right, the greatest kid is going to actually much prefer to sit and read the book or right. look at the pictures or whatever. Yeah, so, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I just... But I think that's that's kind of where that question was kind of living, or the the wonder was, because I think there's that, maybe, maybe again, it's my own questions of what the rest of the educational world looks like, and maybe this is where our listeners who are also teachers or educators can kind of chime in right. or, or parents who experienced what, whether what or not a, a school can meet their child's needs right so i think that if we have that kind of feedback because i think there's that idea of just learning you learn classroom management strategies if i do x everyone's going to follow through mm-hmm. having to follow the you know passing of standardized testing and that if that's where i guess maybe that's my maybe it's my own projection my own worry as as you were kind of saying tom like the worries of some families and i'm worried that we're moving into a system where we just see teaching almost like a factory job. Like, right. Here we go. You just, we're all doing the FOSS curriculum. So if we're all doing that, we should all be on 37 of the workbook today. And we're not recognizing that this group's really into the caterpillars they found on the gr- on the playground. And this other group is really interested in um, finding, you know, uh, looking at the different leaves that they've been collecting all over the playground and things like that. So I think that's where my kind of question or wonder is, is how are we, are we doing our best as as educators, well, as teachers, to, to now help you're also others. making me think that one size fits all can go. So there's the child, you know. Right. There is no one size fits all for every child in the group. There is no one size fits all for every class. No. You know. So uh-huh. just like you said, well, you've got to learn. We, we want all kids to learn about. Apparently, I think you want to learn about metamorphosis in first grade in Minnesota. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things. Right. You know, but you know, each each group is actually going to have a different. Uh, culture and way that they might be interested right. in it, and right. of course, there's limits on people's time. But it, mm-hmm. e- even within curriculum, there isn't a one size fits all. Right, right. Um, so, so it also makes me think, in parenting, not one size fits my, all, yeah. uh-huh. because the parents will come in with different ideas about what's going to happen and how it should happen. Right. Or so, yeah, values, beliefs, kind of your own history of kind of how you've grown up. So to all the parents out there, thank you for listening. We think you're all doing a great job. <laughs> but, but well, I think but to that... flip it on its head, there, then there is also you are part of a group. So how right. much of the are they? My child learns like X, right? Um, you know, as a parent, sometimes it's like, well, they're gonna they might have to figure out how to get some of that for themselves because because a teacher of a class of close to thirty kids may not be able to to do right. that. I mean, right. so you know, it really. So, so there's so many different ways to come Mm -hmm. at this thought. So parents also can be really, if they're really involved in the school, yeah, they can help. They can help, uh, kind of 
create the culture in that school mm-hmm. where there will be more uh, room for their child. But I, mm-hmm. I always think parents are going to be the children's best advocates. Right. And that's that'll be their place. So they have to they have to know school. How will right. they know school? Well, if they volunteer a bit or right. um, help out when they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it's that idea in the parenting world that also there's in your neighborhood you've got your four other families that live on your block. Everyone's household's going to have a little different rule structure, maybe a little different leniency with what they're okay with playing, what they're not okay with playing, and it's okay. I think that's the other part that in that parenting mindset that there isn't just only one way to parent as there's not only one way to teach as there's mm-hmm. not only one way to learn as we're kind of talking about. And I think that's kind of where maybe I hope the message of this episode was kind of getting to is that we can all just kind of take exhale a little bit to go, okay, we're all learning this together. But if we really looked at each other, recognized that we have those differences that we have, you know, I like, you know, as we've established, I'm the kinesthetic, you know, move I got to move to learn and I've got to move to stay focused and that's not everybody's style but that's okay and that if we had that in that educational setting that we had that idea that not everyone's going to have to attack the the content that you're delivering the same way right and I was thinking that from the motor standpoint it feels like I was as I was thinking about this in the kind of the subcategory of it it feels like I think reading, math, the other content areas, I think there's a me- more of a recognition that there's a difference. And in with it feels like then there's gym class and everyone's just going to go and <laughs> run and learn. You just, you're going to run sprints and you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. And that, you know, there's, again, there's, it feels like there's even less individualization or recognition that everyone's going to kind of be doing their own yeah, I'm trying thing. out analogies in my mind of, of right. like, well, should everyone... Should we expect all kids and people to be able to climb a tree equally well or think right. of some other motor task? And, and, and we don't. But yeah, but or yet, in. you know, if, if they're not all doing the... But yet kids are going into sort of like remedial um, programs sometimes as early as kindergarten for reading skills because we really want right. it all to be happening at the same time. Yeah. And I may be speaking at, without full knowledge. I know that. But yeah, yeah anyway, I'm just, so I'm just trying to make analogies of different domains and, right. and whether right. or not we have um, the same, like you said, the same expectations across the different right. learning domains. If you include physical development, I think, yeah. Right. And at the same time, you shouldn't just wash your hands like, well, that kid's never going to be a good climber. Maybe, maybe there's right. more we could be instructing on right. in certain right. areas, too. Yeah, so it's it's it's, it's, a it's, it's got me kind of thinking. So I think maybe that's one that it's it's more kind of nebulous, and that maybe this is where it goes to a discussion online, where the kind of listeners kind of chime in with thoughts or opportunities where they're seeing individualization, individualization, or that kind of one. So we haven't to, figured it out, so they have to. Yeah, yeah we're putting we're it on yeah. you. We're, rather than it being a single file line, maybe it's like my preschoolers going to the gym where some of them are cats mm-hmm. and robots and someone's walking backwards and we're all kind of going to the same place but how we get there mm-hmm. we all need to kind of follow our own path a little bit to kind of go nice. so that was nice thank you yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll end it on yeah, that and so, maybe we'll follow up on this conversation yeah. in the future yeah well it's one that i think we can open up again and again and again i put it out to the listeners just to say fill in with your own kind of responses so thanks for listening everybody and thanks for joining me today thanks for the conversation thanks 
Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.